Slavery is back. In fact, it was never abolished. The 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolished slavery, except in prison. At the current rate of incarceration, by the year 2010, the majority of all African-American men between 18 and 40 will be in prison. The state... Abolition. 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 You know what I'm saying? See, they they real real oh, short. Man. I guess the yeah, I them not having enough officers. They just been real real aggressive. They just been you know jump. They've been doing all type of goofy stuff, jumping on folk. You know what I'm saying? Smacking folk. You know, doing all type of stuff. So anyway, bro, went to go get his tray, and um, the officer told him uh not to get no tray, thinking that he had already ate. And he like, man, I ain't ate. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. when he got the tray, the officer yeah. smacked the tray yeah. out of his hand. He like, man, what the fuck wrong with you? And so the yeah. officer went to choking him. You know what I'm saying? And you know, and the two police jumped on him. So a lot of officers mad. So a lot of yeah. people mad by that. Anyway, it was the first time dude seen this officer today. You know what I'm saying? When he came in the door, so dude was like, oh man, you got that? You jumped on that old man? You know, just hollering and everything. So he left. You know, yeah. but, um, and like I said, they heightened this. It's just a whole lot of aggression and everything. About two hours ago, he came. He came back with some reinforcements. Nah, he ain't come back. He ain't come back. But he he pulled a, he pulled a, a brother out. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey man, what's up with all of that? Why y'all doing that? You know what I'm saying? Why y'all um? Why y'all um? Why y'all was hollering at me and, you know, screaming at me and all of that. And the brother told him, like, man, you jumped on that old man. You know, goddamn, that shit went right and, you know, and so forth. So, uh, anyway, they come through the lockdown around by 1.30, something like that. And um, and Griffin, you know, uh, like I said, they got these chips on their shoulder, man. And they talking to dudes reckless and everything. And Griffin, he was like, oh, yeah. oh, y'all think y'all tough and hip. You know, we going to get some spray on y'all. We going to get some, you know. And so I had some words with him. Earl had words with him. And so like, man, like, man, go on about your business, man. So I get my cup and I go to give me some ice. Yeah. I don't know what words him and Earl had at my at the cell. You know why, why I go to get the ice. But um, the door right. rolled. The door opened up. And when the door opened up, Jersey closed the door back. Know what I'm saying? So then the door opened up again. He closed it back again. Know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. but this the police coming in. They trying to come in. Know what I'm saying? Right then. So he done hit the code already. Know what I'm saying? So when I go back over there, sis, when I go back, I'm like, hey, man, what you got going on, man? What wrong with you? What you tripping off of? But by this time, the door opened, you know, and, um, and the, the uh, what's Officer Brown, you know what I'm saying? What the one they call Shakedown Brown. Anyway, Brown, yeah, yeah, I'm You know, they, they, they tussling. He defending stuff. So I run over there to try and help him. And me and Jersey, you know, we tussling with him. Binder makes me. So I, I go to tussling with Binder. He run out of the, uh, he run out of the dorm into the corridor. You know what I'm saying? Some, um, so some old man, stop calling, man. So some old, um, some all the officers they in the corridor, they trying to get in. All of them trying to get in at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so they macing us, you know, and we bumping with them or whatever. And they slipping on the mace, we yeah. fall and all of this taking place. And for real, you know, after after uh Sergeant Milton mace me, I really couldn't see nothing else. You know what I'm saying? And one of my partners, um yeah. one of my partners, he grabbed me from behind. He started he was like, Man, get in the cell, bro, get in the cell. He pulled me into the cell. You know what I'm yeah. Over there up under the steps somewhere. And so you know, and uh, and, and then the killing part is they ain't got nothing but hot water in the cell. The cold water don't even work in the cell. I'm trying to get the mace out. Mean, I can't even get the fucking mace out. I mean, this shit just burning even more. Yeah, um, yeah, you got it. Yeah, you got uh, cold and, water. So he trying to make it back to his cell. You know what I'm saying? In the melee, and um, they they realize like I guess they realize who he is, and it's like man, some old brothers telling me this. Uh, 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 Nardo, um, Mew, uh, some old brothers who witnessed it. They telling me that Earl was trying to get back to the cell. And Sergeant Milton, um, Griffin, um, uh, 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 Binder, um, Brian, all of them, they rushed over there. They maced him. And even after he was on the ground and everything, they just went to beat him with the stick. 
bro, man, his head is all that blood. You got to know all that blood, man. His head was like, yeah, I seen, I, I seen all the blood. Tooth. I got a tooth right here, nigga. Yeah, I got a fucking tooth right here, bro. You know what I'm saying? I seen that. They not this Tupac too. Yeah, they not. not they not, Tupac man. Tupac I seen. I seen the amount of blood. The amount of blood. I seen that. I need. Hey, hey, I'm finna. I'm finna shoot yeah, up. You know I'm finna shoot up to another sale. I'm finna shoot up to another sale, bro. Goddamn, this okay. bitch. Had this. Right. I don't. You know. I don't know what the fuck these hoes finna do, bro. I don't know how the fuck this shit right here finna go. Goddamn, but yeah, I'll get the videos out. No, I, Facebook taking the videos down. YouTube taking videos down. So I don't. You know, man. Hit who y'all can hit, man. Goddamn, you know it's up there, man. It's up there. They got no smoke coming with fire, man. It's up yeah, there. Abolition. Abolition. Peace. This is live from the plantation uh, here at abolitiontoday.org. I'm currently waiting for our host to come in. I'm Max Parthas. Uh, They're having some difficulties from what I understand. As you know, this program is completely produced, managed by... uh, created by uh, and uh, hosted by inmates. Uh, it's a very unique program. We It was a time we didn't think we'd get past four or five programs, but we are up to number 21 today. Uh, so let me pay attention to my board here. I see uh, if we do have a couple of callers on. If uh, you have, if you're part of the program and I'm not aware of it, just press one on your keypad so I can open up your lines. And oh, Looks like we got our host coming in. There you go, Benu. Uh, Benu, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, man. All right. Yeah, we have some technical difficulties, um, but nevertheless, we're still here. Uh, this is live from the plantation. Um Pleased to be back again for another week's episode. Really, we're just glad to be alive. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and going on, that's going on in these prisons. Um, just you know, just to be alive is, is a cause for celebration nowadays. Um, everybody knows what 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 what's transpired in the Alabama DLC over the past week. Uh, what we've been dealing with, but this is going on not just in Alabama. This shit going on all around the United States. And it's not just going on at Donaldson. It's going on in all the prisons in Alabama. Um, and we just have to be mindful of what we're dealing with. You know, we look at these situations and we want to judge them in isolation, but these are not isolated incidents. You know, that's the exact opposite narrative of what you hear from the police. They, oh, this is an isolated incident. This is not an isolated incident. These are coordinated attacks. These are coordinated, um, you know, they have a purpose. Uh, and they can't. They come to. They come just for that purpose, you know. Y'all see the viciousness and brutality that transpired. You know, we got a brother with, with uh, serious. Both two. Both of them have serious head trauma. Uh, Connecticut Justice, that uh, we've been told, has over has several gashes in his head. Um, he was struck in the face with a baton. Uh, ribs broken. And when you see injuries like that, we know what beatings look like. Beatings are head trauma and broken ribs. We know that, and those are the those are 
some of the injuries, the way that his injuries are being described. Uh, also, our brother um, uh, Ethan Moore, the same thing. Uh, we were told at one time he was hit with a, a axe-like object. We found out it's maybe something like a meat cleaver, but whatever it was, this man, uh, his, his 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 body was opened up by police officers in the midst of an attack. You know, and um, the excessiveness of the abuse, uh, just the broken over the bones. Uh, both of his hands were broken. He was beaten in the dorm and in his cell, and then he was removed from the cell and taken to the infirmary and put in a, a wheelchair and beaten again, and his family's going to be on tonight, and they're going to talk about, you know, what this experience has been like for them and the trauma and the injuries uh, of that. And, you know, this, this this trauma extends beyond the prison walls, and it extends beyond family, you know what I'm saying? This, this impacts humanity. This, this, this impacts the core of humanity that we all share with one another. And uh, our brother Wilbur Smith, we, we've been able to contact with his family. Thank God, uh, he escaped physical injury, but he did not escape oppression. See, and that's what people got to understand. Just because your head ain't busted or your leg ain't broke, does not mean that you were not a victim too. They charged this man with inciting a riot, uh, making a, a frivolous allegation against him that he used some kind of imaginary gang influence. To coerce someone to do something. Don't even say what he did. What what was the coercive act? What did he do? Did he uh, snap his fingers two times? Did he blow a whistle? You know, I mean, they just they trying to cover up and justify. And it's a systematic approach to covering up and justify. It's not something that they just see to the pain. Uh, if y'all read the DOJ report, it told y'all that the 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 independent intelligence investigation division. The Alabama Department of Corrections, it used to be called INI, some kind of law enforcement, some kind of, they changed the name. But the, the DOJ report told you that these people were part of the cover-up too. And this is who they called in to do the investigation. This is who's running around the prison asking questions, uh, uh, jotting down statements. So what do we think going to happen to these four men? Um, and and Daryl Shaw, he's, been, he's received two disciplinary, you know, he was overcome by by the, uh, the, uh, uh, the the tear gas that they were spraying. And he had to defend himself to save his life. You know, these people are not playing with our lives. We're the only ones playing. You know, we're the only ones playing right now. You know, but we get, you cannot go to war against a unified enemy. And you divide. You can't be in war like that. You know, but that just shows you that the, the people that be espousing the rhetoric and doing all this talking don't even realize the seriousness of the situation we're in. But when you look at that video and you see that blood, everybody just, oh, that's, that's connected blood. Guess what? That can be your blood. That was Stephen Davis's blood. That was Michael Smith's blood. That was Stephen Smith's blood. That was, I mean, it can be your blood or my blood next. I've been in that same situation. A lot of other guys have been in the same situation and been like that. You know, some of us, fortunately, were not beaten to that extent, but we've all felt that boot and that stick on our body with bad intentions. And so it was a bit frustrating this week, but, you know, we got through the frustration. We got through the frustration by doing the work, you know, and now all four of their stories are out there, you know, 
and it's about four men going through a situation together. And it's so disappointing because if that was not Kinetic who had suffered that situation, or if Kinetic was here and not the one who suffered the brunt of that, he would be, he would, he would, I know how he would feel because, see, me, most people don't even know the relationship that, that uh, Kinetic and Wilbur have or Kinetic and Shaw have. You know what I'm saying? And it's longer than the one with Jersey, but simply because we started doing time with these brothers a long time ago, like over 20 years ago. And so I know how he would feel to know that the, the, the vision, the divisiveness that we've had to overcome in this situation, you know, you don't separate soldiers that went down together. These men went down together. But people who ain't willing to go down with nobody, those are the ones. But people, you have to understand these things when you see them. These men went down together. They made a choice to sacrifice and try to protect each other's life together. Now, how can we separate them? That's not right. That shit ain't right. I'm not going to harp on that. I'm not going to harp on that. But we cannot avoid tough conversations because it makes people feel uncomfortable. We got to have tough conversations because we're dealing with a tough enemy. We're dealing with a tough enemy. The state is not a, a cow. The state has the license to kill, and they extend that license to all their agents who agree to kill in the name of the state. These correction officers have taken an oath and made a pledge to the state. We had a brother on. He was talking on the show. I can't remember if it was on this show or the conversation we had, but he was talking about when he was sitting down in the county and the officer was telling him to stand up out of respect. And he was trying to, he was telling the officer, what should I respect? And the officer said the uniform. But the officer didn't know that the uniform that he had on was the uniform worn by the Confederate soldiers in that state. You know what I'm saying? So know that you um know that you engage with a with a real a, a real military unit. You know, know what you up against. You call them correction officers, that's what they want you to call. Them. Do they look like correction officers when they doing a cell extraction? Do they look like correction officers when they walking around with them black uniforms on, with them big ass bulletproof vests and them paramilitary pants and them and the military boots? Does that look like correction officers to you? Or does that look like a standing army? You know, this is a standing army. And here it is that we have a uniform too. That damn khaki uniform you got on, look around and you will see who is in your army. And if that army is divided, then that other army, the opposition, is going to come through and, 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 and mow our ass down. And that's where we're at right now. We cannot afford to be divided. We cannot be divided by anyone on the inside or the outside. And when you hear words of division and see words of division in your ranks, then it's your responsibility as a leader to address it. And if you're not addressing it, then you're part of the problem. And on our, uh, uh, on this front that we on, we on this front line together. There ain't no two front lines. Ain't no we on the front line over here and we on the front and somebody else on the front line over there. You know, we were having a conversation in, in my living quarters today, and I was asking the guys, I said, uh, I said, who is the person that drives a battleship? 
and we and then one the person I was asking he didn't know another person he didn't know, and then the guy hollered out he said a captain, he said a captain is the one to drive the the, the the battleship, and then another guy was saying but the admiral run the ship, and so you can think about it in the movies and I don't know if these uh, the script job titles are correct but the captain be driving the ship, but the admiral be standing over him telling him. Go this way, or turn it around, or go that way, or do this or that. And he looks at the admiral looking at the monitor, and he'll go over there to the weapons folks. And, uh, do you have the weapons loaded? He'll go over here to the engine folks. Do we have any engines? And then he'll go to the spotter. He'll go to the jet fighters. He's giving out orders because he runs the ship. All right, but if he goes to the to the to the to the radar guys. And the radar guys ain't communicating with the missile guys because this radar guy right here got into it with the missile guy. So the radar guys that clicked up and said, well, we ain't fucking with the missile guys. And the missile guys said, well, we ain't fucking with the radar guys. Guess what's going to happen? They asked him to get blown out the water. And that's what we got going on. We got the fucking radar guys and the missile guys into it. And the goddamn captain every time that the admiral walk off, he want to bust a right or bust a U-turn. And the enemy on their ship, when the admiral say jump, everybody asking how high. And so they have a success. And that's the only way we're going to have success. Got to figure out what your position is. Whatever you claim that you are, now's the time to do it. Now's the time to do it. I ain't, we, we believe in self-defense. You better defend your life. Because if you don't, they'll stomp it up out of you, you know. And so um, just wanted to say those things. Um, you know, unity is important right now. Unity is very important right now. And uh, if we don't have unity, y'all saw the report that came out by the commissioner. Y'all saw what he had to say. Um, if you don't have unity, bro, you in, uh, you, in, you in for, you in for, you know, you in for. And that's what's killing us right now, our division. The issues that we divided over, they pale in comparison to that blood that we saw laying on that video and that too. Tell me what's going on that's, that's, that's bigger than that situation. That's what I'm waiting to hear. I'm waiting for somebody to tell me what's going on that allows for division that's bigger than that situation we saw in that video with all that blood. Because I ain't seen no bloodshed on the inside. I ain't seen nobody attack nobody physically. I ain't seen no, you know, uh, I just ain't seen nothing that adds up to that. So how is those other situations still having sway in the fight by life right now? Hope you're listening and joining live from the plantation. Uh, like I said, we are expecting some family members to call in tonight. We share uh, these stories about the Donaldson Four uh, organizing efforts. We have a couple of attorneys on board. Um, Savannah, she's going to come on and update us on some of the fundraising efforts, uh, where the links are, where you can find information to send money to support the guys, um, putting money on commissaries, um, commissaries so guys can just, you know, try to heal. It's going to take some extra work to, to recover from this. They were removed from the hospital um, prematurely back in state care, the state hospital system already been under lawsuit, so we already know what that's going to look call like. By the way. Let's go ahead and bring the caller on, Max. All right. 9520, you are live from the plantation. 
Good evening, Last family. Four digits. Brother Eli. Hey, good evening, brother. How y'all doing? Peace. Everybody good tonight? Peace, man. Um, you know, we, you know, we ain't been a good week, you know, just to be Right, right, right. But anyway, man, I just called in, you know, um, I saw where, you know, we was needing a host and everything, but I was just letting family know that I'm, I'm, I'm here. And um, I'd like to give a shout-out to Brother Kinetic and all the other brothers that was involved in this massacre because that's exactly what it was. Um, I, 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 I take my head off to, to his mother and his father and all of his immediate family to have to endure what they're having to endure. There's no reason on this green earth that a family should have to endure what these people are enduring right now and so many other families have had to endure. Because, first of all, when we are incarcerated or sentenced to be incarcerated, the very first thing that an incarcerated person looks for when they are incarcerated is the date that they're going to return home. And in that process, you do what it is that you need to do in order to return home. But things has gotten so out of control in Alabama Department of Correction to where now we don't even know if we'll ever make it back home. And nobody should have to endure those things because we were sentenced to do time and to return back to our loved ones. But because of the mentality, because of the brutality and the mindset of the the, the, the heading of ADOC is it, to become a, a, a brutal bloodbath just to survive in here every day. You got all these different officers that come in with different personalities and, 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 and have the green light to do whatever it is they want to do. Whatever they feeling is called for at that moment, that's what they do. They are so out of control. That is scary. Because just like on that video, I thought about that could have been me. Every day I live in here too, and it could have been me. When are these people going to be held accountable for the lives that are being lost? for the lives that are being damned. Man, these people are broken up. My brothers are broken up because these people, they, they, they out of control. A mother and a father is hurting because they child. Hey, brother. I, I do believe that one of the family members is on the line now, if you want to bring them in. Yes, please do, man. All right, eleven. Live, we are. We're gonna go ahead, man. Eleven ninety-three. You are live from the plantation. Hi. Good evening. How are you all? Uh, we're struggling. We thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're just doing the best we can with what we got right now, and uh, we're glad you're here to, uh, you know, just 
we're glad you we're just glad you're here, you know, reaching out to the family, uh we allow you to introduce yourself and just um talk to the public and let them know what's what's going on. Well, good evening everyone. My name is Mavis Brown and I am the cousin of Ethan Moore. And um he was severely injured in this altercation and it was uncalled for. I mean, when I say uncalled for, even though they know he has issues, you don't have trained personnel enough to handle what's going on inside your facility. Um, my whole family is in an uproar, as you can about imagine. So from all over the country, we are having issues. It's it's just been rough. You know, um, my biggest issue was, you couldn't keep him and take care of him, but you transfer him to another facility after you do what you've done. And then, like like the gentleman said before, they get away with it. And it's it's time, it's time. This is going. This is not nearly over. Bear with us, um, because we we we've heard that. Um, Prior to this incident, he had had issues with Sergeant Binder in the past, and uh, I don't think many people know, but uh, Mr. Moore, Ethan Moore, we call him Jersey in, in, in the prison. Right, right. Um, his his mother is deceased, and at the time that she passed, she was working and filing complaints trying to get him moved from Donaldson because of the abuse that he had previously been subjected to by the same officer. Can you um, speak to that? I can. Um, matter of fact, um, my cousin, she, when she passed, I was the one that was mostly in contact with him, and we knew that he was trying to be moved because of the situation he had already endured behind bars, and he had a he had a suit against them, you know, and it's come to a point where we believed it was a case of kill him, get him out the way, you know what I'm saying, so we could rectify this situation on our behalf. Um, I just hate that she didn't live to, to see him moved, but why move him now? And now they're moving everybody around trying to um, defuse the situation, and this is not going to work. Okay, thank you for that. And um, I had just spoken briefly about some of the injuries he sustained. A lot of people have been just, you know, when we, when, it, when it first came out, one of the guys we talked to said he was hit with some kind of axe-like object. Um, then we heard right. that he was hit with something like a meat cleaver. And um, we don't know what type of weapon was used on him, but we do. We did hear he had 10 staples. He has an orbital fracture and other injuries. Can you just speak about his injuries, uh, his surgeries, um, and his current status? We know he's now in a quarantine dorm around <clears throat> over 80 people with, with COVID-19. So, once again, he's still in home away. So, can you just talk about his injuries, if you can clarify specifically, if you know uh, what type of object he was hit with and um, what his current status? Well, he's stable. Um his current status, like I said, he's stable. He has um, two broken hands, broken jaw, teeth knocked out, ten staples in his head, orbital breaks, his nose is broken, his jaw is broken. Um, as far as medical, he said he's 
confined to an infirmary with people with COVID-19, so therefore he is there again compromised. Um, and as far as we know, he will be um, seeing a surgeon to see what they could do as far as that whole thing with being hit in the head and his face. They're going to fix, hopefully fix his nose and the orbital breaks, which is around the eye socket. And anybody who knows anything about medical knows that the nose and the eye socket, that's like what they call the triangle of death. So he's more than blessed to be here. Thank you so much for that update. And, um, we don't want to talk about the facts. Uh, we're not even trying to get into that. I just wanted to preface that, you know, as we have an interview because we're planning we're planning for victory right now. We're not trying to get an enemy anything. Um, we're not trying to talk about the situation, what led up to it. Uh, that's mm-hmm. irrelevant right now. We're going to resolve all of that right. in the future. Uh, and I just wanted you to know personally that um, when, um, we do have we have several attorneys that have we we have several attorneys that we've reached out to. We've already been in communications with them. Um, we set up a, a fundraiser for him. We've already shared it with your other cousin. She talked to the people and who I are doing the fundraiser it for it. Also. Right. Okay. And so uh, we just wanted to continue to extend services. We've extended the same services. Uh, we talked to an organization that uh, raises funds for commissary, and they, they've committed to putting some money on this commissary. The other cousin I spoke with, she said they, that you all had already put some money on there. Uh, we extended right. the same invite to uh, the Smith family. Uh, it's, it's also it's, it's open to uh, Mr. Shaw and Castle, whoever. You know, we're making sure that there's a, whole, a holistic approach to everyone. So um, can you tell us what do what do you need from us? Like, how can our network help you? Um, just in, in any kind of way, like just just right now, with your family going through what you're going through, guys on the inside are trying to help. Uh, our supporters I, on the outside are trying to help. Considering they're not going to let him go, and then with the pandemic being what it is, we need to make sure that he his health is in. And check, you know, um, basically because these injuries could have took his life, you know, just just the head injuries alone, and um, to make sure that we have, they're not going to let us contact him because he can't talk, you know, he, he's not allowed to talk to us, so they wouldn't even accept money on his phone, you know, so. Um, we just need to have somebody that we can be in communications with every step of the way because, I mean, they don't understand. They said in the um, that he had no known family members to contact, and that's so untrue because right now Florida, Georgia, Alabama, New York, New Jersey, you know, they all over him, and, they, and, and their whole deal is he needs to be okay. And and they need to know. They would love to have him out, but I don't even know how that situation would work, you know. But um, definitely we need somebody in communications enough to know every step, every move, enough to make sure that, if nothing else, that he is, you know, good health-wise. 
we, I don't think that his grandfather already lost several children, and to lose him like that, I think it would just kill him. Okay, well, definitely what we're trying to do is, like, we're trying to set up a meeting with you all so we can sit down and just bring all of our resources to the table, or every organization, every individual, just sit down so we can map out uh, a solid plan. Uh, You mentioned that he's having problems getting access to the phone and with being able to get money put on his book so he can talk on the phone, and we know that's not a coincidence. So we can go to work Mm -hmm. on that. We We can follow up with a conversation on that. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to be here for the long haul, whatever it takes, you know, we're going to fight with you all, uh, side by side, the way we did from, from, from day one. So, um, we really appreciate you coming on first and foremost, taking the time to come and just share an update with us and stuff and to let us know how we can help. And I know, um, I want, uh, there's another organizer on, I want to make sure you get contacted or she's kind of like our, our outside support coordinator. Um, right now, her name is Miss uh, Savannah Eldridge. She's on the call, and so we're going to get you all connected. Uh, Max, I don't know if you had any questions, Savannah, Brother Elijah, while we have uh, have her on. If anybody wants to come on and just you know just say have something you want to say before we uh, not take up any more of the time. I'll defer to Savannah. Uh, I just want to thank you for coming on and uh, just clarifying and and, uh, giving us an update on Ethan. Uh, I know um, initially uh, we we were unaware, um, me specifically, and and the folks in in my circle were unaware, um, but it's it's great to know that he's got support. Um, But, again, like um, Ben, you said, like we're just happy to work with you guys to make sure um, that he gets justice, and I, we really appreciate it because we're we've been kept in the dark about a lot of the things. And if right now, I think he lacks telling us anything because one, we don't have access to him. So we're we're on the outside looking in. We're we're basically uh, trying to keep everybody you know, settled and calm because, I mean, it's 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 so hard to even imagine this kind of madness, but I guess so, you know. Um, excuse okay, me. well, one thing I can, two things I want to tell you is that Saturday there's a protest being planned at Dallas. Um, if y'all want to be a part of that, we can get the information over to y'all. And Sunday, okay. And Sunday, we have tentatively scheduled a uh, Zoom meeting, and I'm going to make sure I get the Zoom link over to both of you all. Just hopefully, you all can come on there, and you can share that with as many other family members as possible, and we can try to tackle the issues uh, short term that we can attack. Or short term, we can go into next week with a plan about how to deal with getting money on his phone, how to get him a phone if we have to do phones out if we have to get these attorneys to reach out. Um, I can tell you this. I'm going to read from the thread of communications that I'm having uh, with some people who are assisting is that um, – just give me one second. Let, let me get it pulled up. I can follow up on the um, the protest on Saturday. There's a protest on Saturday the 6th at 1 o'clock um, at the Donaldson unit or facility. 
Um, there are several other protests being coordinated. Um, just a few details, but on February 13th, there's a protest being scheduled in Enterprise, Alabama. Um, on the 20th, there's one in Montgomery at the state capitol building. And then on the 28th, um, there's another protest at the Edmund Pettus Bridge uh, in commemoration of the annual Bloody Sunday. And uh, those last three are being organized by um, the Ordinary People Society. Um, and you can get more information at www.wearetopsright.org. So several things going on. Um, lots of support. I don't know if you had anything to add, Benu, but I was also going to just uh, shout out the uh, the ways that folks can contribute if they'd like to make a, a contribution. Well, um, um, from what I understand, they, they set up the um, Liberation Fund for him, and that's what they gives did. butter. Right. So they did set up the Ethan Moore Liberation Fund. It's at HTTPS uh, givebutter.com backslash Ethan Moore. That's E-P-H-A-N-M-O-O-R-E. Yes. Right. And uh, one final thing, um, we've been – We've just, I think Ethan has a parole date. Is that correct? His actual parole date is not actually until 2034, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm double-checking okay. that right now. Okay. Um, well, we have we have a parole attorney. We're going to reach out to him and uh, make him aware of this situation. We've already agreed that we're going to make his parole uh, part of this, this stra- uh, strategy that we're moving forward with because, I mean, the prison system in Alabama, no one needs to be in here another day. And with him having Actually, this situation... Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. Um, the minimum release date for him is scheduled for 12-14 of 2032. Okay. That's not his parole date, though. That's just his minimum release date. Mm-hmm. But as far okay. as otherwise, we don't know. Okay, well we're gonna we're gonna make that part of the uh, plan moving forward. Uh, I mean, we're just getting started. You know, this process is just getting started. We're just getting connected. We don't know what it's gonna look like day to day, week to week, but we do know where we are today and right now. You know, we're all hands on deck. Everyone's uh, working together around this situation. And I think Brother Max wanted to uh, speak to you briefly, and then we'll let you say any uh, parting words that you want to share with the audience. Uh, if you want to give out some of your contact information, or if you don't, and you want to just allow us to continue to manage that process, it's up to you. We're here to support you all, uh, and we're going to listen to the families uh, as we navigate this process. Brother Max, go ahead. Uh, well, I, I didn't have too much to say. It's just, you know, I get to see this from the perspective a holistic perspective and understand that this is part of crime against humanity. The DOJ has already investigated the Alabama prisons and determined that they're habitually violating eighth and 14th amendment rights. In addition to that, there are human rights violations that are going on every single day, every minute, every hour, somebody's mm-hmm. life is at risk. And this is going to continue happening. And it's been happening a river of blood. Mm-hmm. And there's been nothing done about it. So we're reaching out to the DOJ now again to say, hey, do something about it. But the DOJ is a paper tiger. 
that doesn't seem to have any power whatsoever. And rather than hold people accountable for crimes against humanity, they're getting $2.7 billion to create an economic boom using our people's lives and blood as the fuel to make that money come into place. It's just outrageous. Mm -hmm. We need international intervention for crimes against humanity. And our hearts go out to you. And we understand how this feels because as many of us have lived through it. We all have family members that have been brutalized in prison or railroaded or abused. We're sick of it and we're making a difference. We're going to make a change. No doubt about it. We are going to deal with this. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow, but we're going to deal with this. Thank you. I appreciate oh. that. Thank you. Um, oh. As far as the other gentlemen that were involved in this, you know, my heart go out to them because, I mean, especially Mr. Council, I mean, he really took a brunt of it even though, you know, thank God he was who he is because, I mean, it could have really turned out different. And, you know, we're praying that everybody, you know, comes full circle in their healing process. Agreed, agreed. Again, thank you so much for joining us um, on Live on the Plantation. Uh, for our callers and listeners, uh, if you have any questions or comments about what you've heard tonight, please press 1. We're talking to the family of Ethan Moore. Uh, one of the Donald support members who was brutally beaten after a vicious attack that was led by Sergeant Joe Binder uh, at Donaldson Correctional Facility in Bessemer, Alabama. Joe Binder has a history of violence and abuse, and um, that abuse came full circle once again uh, this past Saturday. Uh, several men were physically attacked. Uh, four people are being made the scapegoats for this attack by Joe Finder. Those four men are Robert Earl Council, um, Wilbur Smith, Daryl Shaw, and Ethan Moore. And uh, we're mobilizing right now uh, around this situation, but we're also mobilizing within the context of the overall situation because this has been going on. It's nothing new. And uh, we're just bringing people together, you know, we're, we're we're pleading with people to please let's unify right now. You know, we can get back to the little petty stuff later on. Right now, our lives are at stake. And these people call are not too. backing up. Okay, let's go ahead and bring the call. 9471, your mic is open. You are live from the plantation. Yes, sir. Yes. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Hello. Yes. Okay. We can uh, hear you, sir. Go yes, ahead. Uh, uh, my name is Attorney Terry Peden, um, and I just wanna I just wanna salute you, 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 everybody involved with this. Um, I have a tremendous amount of respect for everything going on and said, and I'm just sitting right now. I'm just sitting in the backseat, you know what I mean, and listening, and paying attention, and and learning from from you all who is being committed to you know, to changing this system and getting about some justice within corrections. Um, and just, you know, getting justice is it's, it's beyond corrections. It's something that we all know what it is. It's systemic racism um, and it's brutality. It's a lot of hatred involved. So I'm just, I just want to let y'all know, man, there's people out here that, that are paying attention and have a lot of respect 
for what y'all are doing and, and are looking and, and eager and trying to find ways to be able to help. You know what I mean? And realizing that we all have um, our own tool belt and we all have our own way to, to help and our own unique skills and talents. So just understanding that and listening from from the perspective of, of the inmate them, inmates themselves, you know, that's like a true revolutionary and an evolutionary way of, of solving a problem. It's not from an alien force. It's from the inside out, you know, and the pedagogy of the oppressed. And it's like we oppress on the inside and on the outside, but from right now we're speaking on a specific thing and getting prison reform and parole reform and, you know, uh, just, just changing the whole landscape of, of 13th Amendment chattel slavery that's still alive and well. And understanding that, you know, I just want to let y'all know it's, it's a lot of young attorneys that's coming out of school and, and have, have been doing it, as y'all know. But, you know, I, I hope that it's a new breed that's coming up, you know what I mean, that's not afraid to speak up for us, not not afraid to, to pin the tail on the donkey, so to speak, you know what I mean? But um, I just want to mm-hmm. tip my hat and, and let you guys know that I have a tremendous amount of respect and I'm over here just sharpening sharpening my tools, you know what I mean, and, and trying to get ready to be effective um, so that I can be used. Brother, could you repeat that? You no, know, I really again? appreciate that, man. Um, you know, uh, attorney Mr. P reached out to us, and, uh, you know, we've been building a relationship throughout this process, um, you know, and we understand that this is a long, long-term long process, and so, you know, yes, things go at that pace. And uh, I know you heard me mention to her, I was asking the questions about a parole and mentioning to her yeah. that we had came into contact with her. I was, you already know I was talking about you, like, you know. Yeah, this is a plug and that's what I'm saying. Like, when I got on, I was a little hesitant. I was a little hesitant, like, should I even say my name or just say an anonymous attorney? But I'm not I'm not afraid to put my name on, on what I stand for, you know what I mean? And and that's that's all I got to say about that right now. But, um, yeah, to repeat my name, my name was Attorney Terry Peden. Um, and you know, y'all could be contacted uh, at the law group of thp.com. Um, but yeah, it's about y'all. I just, I just wanted to come and tip my hat and let you know that I'm listening to the conversation. I'm doing my homework. You know what I mean? And, and like I said, man, sharpening my tools so that, so that I could be effective. You know what I mean? And influential, impactful. I think you were that for sure with those statements that you made, right, Benu? Like, man, that was a uh, very powerful going on. <laughs> For real, for real. Yeah, and so, the commitment so, that you so made on behalf of the young ones was awesome. Need- Thank you. Go, go ahead, Ms. Mavis. I hear you want to say something. No. Um, oh, goodness. A lot of backlash. I really appreciate your time and your energy in this because honestly, to be honest, we don't really know exactly how they've been working. We just knew there was a lot of abuse and carried on. So we we really appreciate everybody's help and helping Ethan. No doubt, no doubt. We're going to be here, you know, and we're going to help Ethan and we're going to help Wilbur and we're going to help Daryl. We're going to help Kinetic. We're going to help everybody, and our goal is to be victorious in our outcome, you know, because, like like I said, they wrote uh, Brother Wilbur to disciplinary. They're going to find a way to try to pin it on these guys, and we're going to have a unified fight. We're going to fight them at the disciplinary level. We're going to fight them on the administrative level. We're going to fight them on the civil level. We're going to civil court. If they want to go into the criminal platform, we got criminal attorneys already on standby. 
and uh, parole. We know he has a parole that we're going to be fighting for that. We're fighting for parole reform right now. We're fighting against the 13th Amendment. But we at war, you know, and in the midst of war, there are battles, and we fight every battle that we have to fight, you know what I'm saying, in order to be victorious. We have a Donaldson Ford battle right now. We didn't ask for it. They gave it to us. We 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 uh we fit for the job. We here, you know. So uh, once again, thank you so much. You all are listening to Live from the Plantation. Uh, we just heard from Attorney Terry Peden, uh making his presence known, um, informing us that it's a new breed. It's a new time. It's a new era for attorneys. Uh, it's going to be a new message, and the, the fight that you're going to see coming from the new breed is going to be different from what we saw in the past from some of these old attorneys. We also have family member on. Brother Ethan Moore, one of the Donaldson Four, uh, we shared the information. We hope to hear from uh, the Smith family tonight. If not, we are in contact. Uh, we are in contact with Brother Shaw, and of course, Kinetics family is unified. And so, you know, we're just trying to bring everyone together. That's the only thing we got to bring everyone together. This is not a division amongst the rank. These families are together. We're together. My head been busted just like that. I got video. I done shared it to a few people. I done had my head busted by the same forces. You know, I had a hit put out on my life over at Donaldson Prison by the warden and the captain. A hit was put out. We all experiencing this. Our other member of the fam three, uh, y'all re- remember Dati. When Dati was over there at Donaldson, they jumped on him, gassed him. And we're suffering abuse for what's going on at Donaldson because we're fighting against it and we're exposing it. But we can't fight it divided. We got to be united. We got to be united on every front. We got to be united. And so I just wanted to say those things and thanks to our guests. We're coming to a close on our first hour. We're gonna let Savannah uh share the donations for all four members. Right now, unfortunately, what we hope to be able to do in the future is to have just one ton and everything that we raise is split equally among all four. We don't have that right now. Uh, because of just a few minor little things that we keep, we got to get worked out. Hopefully, we'll be able to get them worked out. But in the meantime, we have the individual accounts for all four, and Savannah has created a, an individual account. Three of them have the cash app on it, so you can send directly to their cash app. The fourth one, he doesn't have a cash app. We just got in touch with the family. Maybe if they have a cash app, we can convert over to a cash app also for him. But we reached out to one of our contacts. She put us in contact with some of her people, and I told them we needed to get a fund set up. So they set the fund up for Brother Moore. So his is a little different, but they're all the same. We need you all to be able to to, uh, to support because this is going to be a fight. So we're going to ask Savannah to come on, uh, share with us once again that contact information, and then we're going to let Max play some music. We're going to just kind of like take a break um, and get ready to come back for the second half. Hi, everybody. Um, so the first fund we have uh, set up for Kinetic Justice is a cash app. It's going to be dollar sign FAM Arms. That's dollar sign F-A-M-A-R-M-S. Um, there's pretty cash app set up for Daryl Shaw. It's dollar sign Big Boss Business. That's dollar sign B-I-G-B-O-S, just one S, business, B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S. And there's a cash app for Wilbert Smith, dollar sign V Smith 404. That's T H E S M I T H S 404. And of course, we have the Ethan Moore Liberation Fund that you can find at hbutter.com 
backslash Ethan Moore. That's E-P-H-A-N-M-O-O-R-E. All right, you're listening to Live from the Plantation. We'll be right back after Mahalia Jackson, Trouble of the World.
Plantation starting the second half. Uh, very powerful testimony, just um, incredible first half uh, hearing the story. From, we were joined by one of the family members of Ethan Moore, one of the Donald support men who were attacked, uh, just describing his injuries, and she talked about, did she say it's called the triangle of life or the triangle of death? I, I missed the one. Triangle of death. She said, the triangle of death triangle area of up in the face. And the way that they targeted that area on this brother, she said he's just really fortunate to be alive from a medical standpoint. Um, these are trained professionals. These people know what they're doing, and they're using tactics that suggest uh, potentially military-style attacks uh, being carried out behind these walls. You know, this is just not the begin- this is not the end. I mean, you know, just please know that this is not the end. This is not going to be a situation that we're going to allow them to get away from. The press is not going to die down. The pressure is not going to die down. The organizing and mobilizing is not going to die down. Um, and it's coming from a lot of different places, people, a lot of different places, a lot of different angles, um, and it's not going anywhere. So uh, just get used to it because this system has to be destroyed. Like Max says, it's a humanitarian issue. Uh, human rights are being violated, uh, the misrepresentation of the system, misrepresentation of the issues, uh, misrepresentation of the just the, the dire consequences of being in a, in a prison uh, in the United States, Alabama, and just around the world. Like, I mean, we got to just, you know, we got to step up right now as a call to action. The, the, the blood on the wall is a call to action. You know, so uh, let's continue to mobilize. Um, Brother Elijah, if you're still in the host queue with us, uh, if, if we have any callers you want to come in, press one, uh, please do. Brother Elijah, I want you to come in and follow up. We haven't heard from you uh, since we heard from uh, Ms. Moore. Can you come in and uh, just share some insight with us and talk to her? This line is open. Brother Elijah, you there? Six nine seven eight. Oh, this is Savannah on 6978. Oh, that's Savannah. So, okay, my bad. Wait a minute. Uh, yeah. What was his no, I was just trying to uh, add some context to, yeah. um, like, the triangle of death and the reason why it's called that. Um, and basically, basically, it's just because of the close proximity to the brain, right? So um, any type of um, foreign object, debris, you know, pooling of blood has the potential to travel to the brain and cause further injury. So that's why it's called um, the triangle of death. 
So I just wanted to uh-huh. put that um, quickly into context. Um, oh. And there was something else I was going to respond to, but it totally slipped my mind. So I'll just yield, and when I think about it, I'll come back. Yeah, Brother Elijah's not on. I don't see his number uh, 9520. I think he dropped earlier. Okay. So, um, and uh, we also want to talk about uh, some of the things that we're still doing uh, in the National Freedom Movement. Uh, we're still organizing, still trying to bring family together, family members together um, on our initiative that we call the Pathway to Freedom. You know, there has to be a path to freedom from behind these these institutions, and the state is not going to create it for us. We got to organize, we got to mobilize, and we have to apply constant pressure on the system. Um, as you all know, the National Freedom Movement is a, is an organizing effort to bring together an alliance of, of, of men and women who are incarcerated around the country. Uh, we're reaching out to anybody. We don't care what you're doing. If you're in contact with someone on the inside, we have a message that we're trying to get in to organize around so that we can create a pathway to freedom, so that we can be involved in this process for change that you hear so many people talking about. You know, no one's going to be fighting this battle for us. We can't expect that. You know, we're adults, we're men, we're women. We know what's going on. We're here. Why would we think that it's okay for us to sit back and to not be involved in this fight? Uh, the first issue that we're, we're, we're addressing right now is with parole. Um, we're trying to create a, 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 a package around a mandatory parole criteria. And what that means is that it, when your parole day comes up, you're not going in front of an arbitrary parole board to tell you yay or nay um, on whether or not you're going home. We're going to get a curriculum established to where if you complete that curriculum, when your parole time is up, if you need a GED and you do that, and if you need a skill of trade and you do that, and you need anger management, and you do that, and you need life skills, and you do that, and you do all these things that's required, and if you have a violent crime and you get mandated into the restorative justice program and you make yourself available to a family member because they're allowing the family members just to come up there and protest at your parole over and over and over, and it's denied, denied, denied. But they're not being involved in the process of rehabilitation, and we're saying that through the restorative justice program, that if a person has a crime with a victim and it's mandated as their curriculum and they sign up for that, well, then the owner then goes to the family member to come and get involved because we can't allow people to get lost in these systems, especially the way that the systems are ran today and what's going on, which is like the situation we're talking about. So we're trying to create a pathway to freedom, and we're trying to do that by engaging the people on the inside and build a network of supporters on the outside who will help carry our message. Uh, like with what you see with the Donaldson, we're putting the story out there, but we got to have people on the outside to give our story legs. Don't let it die inside these prison walls. We got to get it out, and we need people to help us get it out to expose officers like Binder and uh, Griffin and, and Melton and the rest of them that were a part of these vicious attacks. We got to get it out. The National Freedom Movement, we're going to build the infrastructure. We're going to build the alliances across the country on the inside. We're going to put a network in place on the outside to help us make that possible. And then we're going to challenge the system. When we get our stuff put together, we're challenging the system. We're not going to do it just to pat ourselves on the back. We're doing it to create a pathway to freedom, and we need everyone to get involved and get prepared um, for the April 3rd event that we have prepared. Um, If you're a caller, you're listening, um, please press 1. We want to hear from you. 
Um, I think we still have the um, Ms. Mavis still in the queue. I know Savannah's still here. Max is still here. Hopefully, we'll be joined by Brother Elijah in just a second. Uh, if any one of you want to speak, Ms. Mavis, anyone, if you heard something that you want to um, expound on, um, just uh, just go ahead and um, um, come on air, come in the queue, and go ahead and speak. But this is a very this is a very dire time, very dire moment. And we got to take action. You know, we got to take action. Um, they're weaponizing the system. They're weaponizing this COVID stuff against us. They're weaponizing the drugs against us, and they're winning so far. And they're winning because we're not united in our fight back against the system. Um, we you spoke of top the ordinary people society. I've been in touch with Mr. Glasgow, um, and we were speaking on the upcoming events as far as the path to freedom, you know, and all the um, upcoming protests and um, conferences coming up. And um, we're still, you know, kind of up in the air about exactly which way we're going to go because that's going to have to be a seriously fam- serious family decision. Um but it seems like that, I mean, nobody knows exactly how to stop this madness, but as you say, united we stand. If we can't stand together, we'll fall for anything. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, there's so many different things going on. People are planning all different types of events. And uh, we're just trying to make sure that, you know, it ain't no grandstanding going on, that people are actually planning and strategizing and coming together to try to make change. And uh, that's the most important thing. You know, if, if we having all these different scattergun events and they not connected and we not connected and we not on the same page, it's just an event. That's all it is. It's just an event. You know, it's like shooting a video. You just like they say, you just shooting a video. We aren't, that stuff ain't worked. You know what I'm saying? It hasn't worked. It's not gonna work. The only way that anything is gonna work is if we come united. Because when we unite when we're united, that's what we can do. We can do anything. We can decide do we wanna do a boycott? Do we wanna do a strike? Do we wanna do a po- we can do whatever we wanna do when we unite. And, uh, that's why I emphasize that and stress that so much. Um, we're probably going to have a shorter show tonight. Um, it looks like I'm going to have to get off of here uh, in just a few minutes. Uh, I don't know if we're going to extend the show out. Uh, we're hoping that Elijah come on. We were looking for some of our other brothers to come on. Uh, they haven't showed up yet, but we understand, you know, it's not easy organizing behind enemy lines. And that's the reason why those who do try to organize pay such a heavy price for it. Especially right now, considering the circumstances. As you said, when this first went down, they came after you. Yeah, and then the next time, it ain't going to necessarily be me, but whoever it is, the next time they coming after somebody. I mean, you know, it's just, this is just one, this is just the latest episode. It's just the latest episode. You know, until we come together, it's just the latest episode. Go ahead, Savannah. I heard you trying to say something. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, recognize the 
Alabama Students Against Prisons. I know, you know, you mentioned National Freedom Movement and our goal to really uh, focus on the inside with outside support, and they really should be commended for how quickly they organize people to go out to the University uh, of uh, Alabama at Birmingham. I just, it was just commendable that they answered the call, um, and in such a quick fashion, right, no questions asked. So just shout out to Morgan and his team um, for doing that. Okay, uh, before we get the caller on, also Devin and the Workers' World Party, I mean, like, they jumped in, we needed to get, we had, we worked on, and we have a trusted ally, Daniel, like, we needed to get the press statement out, we needed to get the petition out, we needed to get a document for organizations to register, and Workers' World Party, Daniel, uh, B. Frank for Justice, Savannah, who's here on the show, um, and even Max, you know, like, we thought we were going to have to have an uh, emergency show, and Max was on standby, like, you know, let me know the date, when y'all want to schedule for it. So it was people that came together, like, right off the top that people may not even be aware of. And like I said, the press statement, over 5,000 people in the first couple of days were exposed to it to get an understanding of what was actually going on. So it was a, it was a lot of people came together, a lot of moved apart. Um, all the way from California, Jamelia and them, just, I mean, people were ready, people were standing up, people were there uh, in the moment, at the moment, on the moment, notice, ready to go to work. Um, so thanks to everyone. We do have a caller. Let's go ahead and bring our caller on. All right, 9471, you are live from the plantation. 9471. Oh, no, that, that's still me. That's, uh, oh, okay. that's attorney too. Yeah, you could just take me out the queue. I'm still listening, though. Gotcha. Uh, press 1, and it'll take you out. Okay. All right. Um, if Brother Elijah hasn't made it back, I don't know. Um, we're gonna. I'm going to get ready to turn it over to Savannah and Max. Uh, I'm going to have to tap out. And uh, thanks, everyone, for joining. All of the guests, all the callers, family members, uh, just all the support. Uh, it's live from the plantation. We'll be back again next Thursday. But right now, I'm going to have to exit the queue, and I'm going to turn it over to uh, Max Savannah, our callers and guests, uh, to carry us through the rest of the show. All right. Um, well, I do want to give a couple plugs real quick. Uh, live from the Plantation uh, is sponsored with, by Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org. We do live programs every Sunday. We call them Master Classes of Modern Slavery Abolition. And I would like to give an update on that circumstance as well. In 2018, uh, we got our first state to abolish slavery without an exception in their state constitution. Since then, uh, we have gotten to a total of four states that now have abolished slavery within their state constitution. And we have 26 other states that are in two other stages of abolition, a total of 30 states involved in ending slavery in the United States, including a federal joint resolution to repeal and replace the 13th Amendment without any caveats, no exceptions to slavery. And on February 9th of this month, the Abolished Slavery National Network will be holding their quarterly national meeting, which will include representatives from the United Nations, representatives from the Senate, uh, Federal Senate, and representation from at least 10 different states who will report on the status of their states and their needs and uh, whatever else they're going to be saying. It will be an epic moment 
in American history where we are about to finish what our ancestors began, making what is legal right now slavery, where you're owned as property by the state, making that illegal. We'll see what happens next after that. Savannah? Hey, thanks, Max. Uh, I really was hoping Renu would hang out for a few minutes because um, someone shared an article with me earlier uh, mentioning the bill that was filed in Alabama to repeal the Habitual uh, Felony Offender Act. And um, I know he was sentenced under that act, but um, it was one of the only bills that was filed related to criminal justice reform um, that actually solved. And it solved because the conversation um, kind of waxed and waned, right, between, like, what violent versus nonviolent people, what type of justice they deserve, essentially. Um, And I always find that to be, they actually highlighted another um, article in this particular uh, piece um, that stated that the majority of people who are incarcerated in the Department of Corrections, in Alabama Department of Corrections, are sentenced under violent, uh, are there violent offenders, quote unquote. Um, however, when you go back and look at the law, like violent offenses include like domestic violence um, charges, it includes burglary charges. So there's just a, such a broad spectrum of the term violent, right? Um, and so that was one of the things that, that caused the bill to fall was, you know, the fact that, um, you know, is um, repealing this act going to um, affect public safety, right? And in a way that, you know, the community didn't feel like they're trying to set everybody free, which is, is a common concern um, on the right side usually. Um, so I was hoping that Manu would stick around, but we could probably talk about that next uh, week because it's really um, important, especially in these southern states. Um, lots of uh, criminal justice reform bills happening with you know police reform, uh, sentence reform, um, and these conversations always hinge on um, you know who's what's violent, you know, what's nonviolent, and that's usually. Um, what causes the the bills to stall? Um, so I was hoping. What do you think about that, Matt? I think you're absolutely right. Until recently, property crimes were considered violent crimes in Alabama. Alabama had uh, a huge list of what included violent crimes that wasn't actually violent. Uh, and because of that, it gives the impression that all they have is these violent criminals, when that's not the case at all. Uh, in addition to the Incarcerations that occur for the most ridiculous of reasons, uh, drug-related, non-violent crimes of poverty, three-strike rules, laws, uh, probation violation, all of these things drive the incarceration rate. And not to mention the mental health issues that many deal with. Uh, For instance, in Alabama, they have some of the highest poverty rates in the entire country. Uh, So, you know, all of these play a factor. Uh, I would like to remind people that you can listen to archives of Live from the Plantation by going to abolitiontoday.org. As I said earlier, I wasn't sure we could pass four, but we're celebrating 21 episodes today where 
brothers and sisters on the inside get to have their voices heard. And if you're interested in joining the fight to end slavery in America, you can visit us and join our mailing list at AbolishSlavery.us. That's AbolishSlavery.us. If you want to be a part of the meeting coming up on February 9th, you definitely have to get on the mailing list. You do not want to miss this. You have to witness this event. Savannah? We have any hands up right now, Matt? Uh, no. If you would like to ha- make a comment or a question or just say something you want to say, please press 1 on your keypad. Uh, otherwise, we'll just see you as a listener using your phone to tune in, which many of the brothers and sisters call from the inside tend to do. So press 1 on your keypad. Otherwise, uh, I'm probably going to end up closing it out after that unless Savannah wants to cover anything right. else. Uh, because if now, it's us talking, it's not live from the plantation. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. No, we could probably close out. Um, but I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I thank uh, the family of Ethan Moore. Um, thank you, Attorney Team, and everyone who pressed one uh, to provide feedback, content, and context to the conversation. Um, I'll let Max go ahead and recognize our sponsors, and we're going to go ahead and close out early. Uh, But make sure that you join us every Thursday at 7 Central for Live from the Plantation. Thank you, Savannah. Uh, Much appreciated. Uh, As I said, Live from the Plantation is brought to you by Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org. I want to echo her sentiments. Thank you to uh, Sister Mavis who called in uh, to all the people that participated, and especially to your young brother that spoke on behalf of these attorneys, attorneys that are coming up. We needed to hear that. We needed that type of hope in our lives. You know, hold on. We're coming. We hear you. We see you. We know the price that's being paid, and we're ready to go. That's what we needed to hear. So thank you for that. I'm going to move into one of the news favorite songs, which is X-Clan featuring Chris, uh, Christian Scott, Prison. Remember to tune in next Thursday for Live from the Plantation and this Sunday for Abolition Today. Peace. Slavery is back. In fact, it was never abolished. The 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolished slavery, except in prison. At the current rate of incarceration, by the year 2010, the majority of all African-American men between 18 and 40 will be in prison. The state as their captor. It's going to take people who are willing to fight, not people who want to negotiate with the enemy.
situation next. The house of regret locks down our seat beds. Regroup and repent, we lost sight of our vision. We're gonna rewrite for justice, we must remain out the... For lockdown, or find the knowledge yourself. I bang hard on the left, but never fiend for cream. If you borrow, you owe it. If you take it, you know you're going to the the penalty for criminal states. If you're herb or bird man, you're study running from jail. I circle with street soldiers that build and plant things. Free the land from Babylon, my skills educate. If these United States, it stands no debate. The description of law makes it communist. A new world, a new focus. The streets need to deal with new purpose. The eldership is lacking. The circus are misguided. Is deep. It says the state of mind and how you dead in the street Yelling P-I-M-B and you stress Fake player cards to rest Tell you to stay in school, research and manifest oh boy. Slave ways from 